Welcome to Spirited Word. By God's Word proclaimed, the Holy Spirit works faith in God's grace in Jesus, when and where He pleases. Sermons by Pastor Adrian Kitson, Lutheran Church of Australia. And the Gospel today is from John chapter 14, verses 15 through to 21. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realise that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. The Lord be with you. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for a privilege of being together uh, as your people, um, brought together, adopted into your family by your grace in baptism and kept all these years. Thank you for all of that as we now pause in a week and we just ask you to speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Each person here receives your Holy Spirit in your word who is always drawing us toward you, back to you. So do that through these words, Heavenly Father, for everyone here in the name of Christ. Amen. Friends, I think uh, uh, there's only once in my rather short life uh, that I technically possibly could, could be an orphan. Just once, uh, I, I was, um, had a short-lived sort of orphan experience. Uh, so at one stage in my rather transient, or our rather transient and sometimes traumatic life as a family growing up, I ended up all alone uh, with nowhere to go for one night. One night. I was living with my stepsister and her husband and their two little kids in a country town. I think I was about 14, or maybe 13. Uh, my stepsister's husband was a rather angry man, and one evening he began to take out his anger about something or other on me. In the scuffle that ensued, my stepsister got rather upset, thankfully, and involved, thankfully, and I took the opportunity to get out of there and run away, which I did at night time. So I remember hiding in the scrub across from the house, just not quite sure what to do and where to go, and watching them pace up and down the front veranda under the light, probably half, you know, wishing the, west the best for me, like hoping I was okay wherever I was. They didn't know I was there. Or my rather angry uh, the husband, he might have been thinking, gee, I hope he comes back so no one finds out what happened. Anyway... 
it was then that I had that experience of, you know, feeling all alone, because I actually was, and I didn't know where to go and what to do. I don't know whether you've ever felt that or, or been in that situation. Um, and I thought, gee, maybe that's what it's like to be an orphan at some point in your life. Um, now, I could have walked a couple of k's back to my dad and stepmum's place where I used to live, but for some reason I didn't do that, uh, probably because dad was away, because he was always away, and um, the reception from my stepmother might not have been too good, because we didn't get on well at all. So I walked some other kilometres, a few more kilometres, to my best mate's house, my best school buddy. Uh, and his mum and dad were just fantastic people. And I always found welcome and kindness at their house. Consequently, I spent a lot of time at their house because it was better than being home. So there you go. And they took me in. Beautiful people. Wonderful people. They must have got quite a shock when I turned up at about 9pm on a school night, on a weeknight, <clears throat> probably looking a bit scared and a bit dishevelled and a bit unsure of myself. And they took me in. And my experience of being an orphan was over. One night. And of course, when you're a kid, teenager or younger, you often aren't privy to the conversations that the big people have about you and the situation. But anyway, someone decided that I, it would be best if I didn't live with my stepsister and her husband and the kids anymore. Hooray for that. And, uh, and, don't, and uh, not to go back to Dad's place. Okay. Now I have to move two hours away back up to the city to go and live with my mum who's recently got married to a new guy. So, ah, the fun continued. And, uh, and I, I wondered, you know, maybe that feeling of being unwanted, maybe that's the one that stings and lasts, if you've ever had that sense of being unwanted. So, and a lot of people do. So I think I can relate, at least in part, to those who have been through this kind of thing, some kind of abandonment, betrayal, uh, aloneness, feeling all alone in the world and nobody knows you or understands you or listens to you or cares whether you're here or whether you're not, that kind of feeling. Uh, you may have been that in your journey so far. I don't know, you might be like, like that today. Maybe you came here feeling like that. I don't know. The Lord does. So I was thinking this probably was some of the feeling that those close friends around Jesus were probably experiencing in these what are called the farewell discourses in John's Gospel. They're kind of long, beautiful words, really, uh, from Jesus to his close, close friends um, because he knows that his end is nigh. So he takes the time to talk about it and express it and deal with it. So... In a hostile world in which they lived, you know, they'd found security with him and safety. And much more, they found welcome and kindness like I did with my best buddy's parents. And they'd seen and heard things that they'd longed and never thought they'd see and hear around this, this rabbi, this teacher, this mentor, this friend. And, and they'd even experienced the ability to do similar things that he was doing surprising to them as they were sent out in twos and dealing with sickness and illness and surely they must have grown in confidence and hope and belief and faith and all of that stuff. 
And so now to hear him say that the party's almost over and that he's going to be gone, well, that must have been fairly um, difficult, shall we say, (laughs) to hear. They're going to lose all of that security and safety and close-knit community and belonging and friendship and teaching and inspiration and courage and that close bond that they shared. So how beautiful is it that Jesus doesn't ignore that or doesn't get it, but absolutely gets them and speaks a long time. There's long discourses, long messages that he gives them. Um, and what the, his departure, so-called departure, would actually mean for them. It's a wonderful thing that he does. And, you know, the, the pinnacle for me is that one line, you know, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you as orphans. In fact, I'll do the dead opposite. I will come to you. I will come to you. I will not leave you alone. I will not abandon you. I will not leave you to fend for yourself in a hostile place. For all the orphans of God, whoever you may be, this is life-giving news, I think. If you've ever been abandoned, if you've ever been left out, if you've ever been unwanted, unheard, all alone, or even just felt that way, beautiful words. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So strange though, don't you think, how we, I think, actually choose to be orphans, quite often, orphans from God. We begin life with this rather out-of-control natural will and this human way to do our own will and to walk our own way, thank you very much, that is quite opposed to hope and to love and to peace, opposed to God, sometimes dismissive of God, disobedient to God, stiff-necked and prideful before God. Unlike orphans in a family sense, spiritually, we seem to choose, can you believe it, to be orphans rather than family members. And this drive draws us away from all the good gifts that Jesus longs to give. And we seem to be always living on this thin red line between experiencing the joy of being at peace as one with the Lord and his word and his people And on the other hand, being completely out of step with all of that, chucking it all away and doing our own thing based on our own loves, our own desires, our own needs, our own wounds and our own fears. But the Lord still tries to draw us into his orbit of grace, thankfully, even though we run away at pace. It's amazing. How do we know? Well... John 6, no one can come to me unless the Father draw that person and at the last day I'll raise them up. That word draw describes something like this, God's persuasive influence upon your heart and his ability to renew your thinking. The Father is always trying to exert his persuasive influence over your heart and to help you change your mind about him and things. 
to draw you back to where you actually belong. The Father isn't the only one who does this. Apparently, John tells us in chapter 12, the Son also draws you. And when I am lifted up from the earth, he says, I will draw all people to myself. Same word. Jesus would soon be lifted up, all right, wouldn't he? He'd be lifted up from the earth on his rather strange throne. Unbelievable, not the one that King Charles III and Queen Consort Camilla sat on the other day, but a wooden cross of blood and pain. That's his throne in John's Gospel. Throne of grace. He'd do that, the suffering servant with arms wide open and blood flowing, freely invites the world into the victory that he would achieve in three days' time that would create a whole new day and a whole new way and a whole new future in the new city of God. And then especially here in these farewell discourses in John's Gospel, the Holy Spirit is on the job too. He gets a big mention in our text called the Advocate or the Counselor, the Helper, I like the word advocate. Everybody needs an advocate. John tells us that the Holy Spirit convicts. That's his role. The spirit of truth. He speaks the truth. John says the Holy Spirit's presence and his working and his power and his gifting, these things are what ensures that we are never orphans. Never orphans before God. Never abandoned to our own devices. He says, I'll ask the Father, Jesus speaking, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. So orphans, whether you're made that way by someone else's decision for reasons that you may never know, or spiritual orphans who choose their own loneliness, and abandonedness as they wander off from God are still drawn, still sought, still wanted, still included by God. The Father draws you, the Son draws you, the Spirit convicts you. Jesus promises that he will never leave anyone, ever. He'll actually do the very opposite, he says. He will come to you. He will come actively to you to you. He won't leave you out there alone. So this is what's happening apparently in our lives every day. You have and will always have an advocate. Even though I was on the, over that bush block looking at the front porch from a distance, at the time I didn't know that I had an advocate, someone in my corner, someone you know, barracking for me, someone cheering me on, someone helping me, but I believe he was. I believe he did. Someone in your corner, friend, you've got someone in your corner, someone in your ear with his word, someone by your side, someone on your journey together with all the other orphans of God. That's how it is for us. And even in times when we feel scattered, you know, when when we suffer for doing the right thing, as the word said this morning, those, those kinds of moments that are really hard, They don't last forever. They don't last. Jesus draws close in them. You will recover. We will recover. 
There'll be somewhere to go. There's always somewhere to go. It's a person. All of this living and working and struggling that we do is not useless. It is leading somewhere good. You are heading somewhere good with the rest of the community of the Spirit. How do you know this? Well, Jesus says the world cannot accept him, the Holy Spirit, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him because he lives in you and will be in you. The Spirit has already been given to you. He filled you at that first dying and rising day at the font, however long ago it was or not, and he will sustain you until the last rising day of the new city of God. So the Father is drawing you close today. The Son is drawing you close today. The Spirit is convicting you again today, probably of one truth, I think. You are no orphan today. In the name of Christ, Amen. And the peace of God, which is beyond our human understanding or effort, keep you in the community of grace. Amen. Thanks for listening. Pastor Adrian serves at St. Petri Lutheran Church, New York, Barossa Valley, South Australia. St. Petri.org.au